0: So I'm David does David's, t- David's on TikTok. Apparently. Is yes. he is he a creator? Does he, he do stuff or is he just kinda of flipped? No the idea. He seemed yeah. very confused by it. Yeah, it's a little confusing. It's just a new thing.
1: Yeah. Didn't they just have a massive data breach?
0: Uh probably. I can't I mean it's based, based in China. I can't imagine there no. this thing is yeah. any good for the US. <laughs> um, it sounds like an IRA plot. But like China, you know? Hmm. How does it sound like an IRA plot? IRA, like the Internet Research Agency. I went straight to Russia. Ireland. Oh.
1: The Irish Revolutionary (laughs) Army or whatever it was. Okay. Well, probably just as good a time as any to start the podcast. Bring it in. All right. Let's rein it in here. Music's playing us in. So welcome to the Video Reformation Podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Justin. We're the co-founders of Storyboard Media and your co-captains on this love boat of video bliss i read that
0: this morning and uh enjoyed that yeah that new entry. yeah
1: it's you know because really if we are anything we are co-captains of a love boat mm-hmm. the love boat
0: mm-hmm. and then anthony and david are our passengers <laughs> <laughs> or are they our crew they're a crew yeah that's yeah. true
1: no passengers on this love boat not at the moment no all right, well, today we're going to take a deep dive into calls to action. Calls to action being those things that typically you see at the end of a video. Though, as we'll get into later, you can kind of put anywhere in a video. Like, buy now. Buy now, learn more, mm-hmm. visit our site, mm-hmm.
0: sign download up the for app. a
1: demo, download the app. Those are, that's actually probably a section we should add to this, is like, what's some good verbiage
0: uh, for those ooh, things. Oh, yeah.
1: Because it's the short, in fact, We could probably make some stuff up. We'll make some stuff up and it'll just sound legitimate. Yeah. There's actually a pretty easy um, equation to make just a solid, actionable CTA. Mm -hmm. Before we jump into calls to action, though, I would like to welcome our new sponsor. We thought we had a winner last episode. Mm -hmm. We thought they would stick around for a long time, but, you know, that's just economic forces that are beyond our control. Uh, New episode, new sponsor. So I would like to welcome Howard Van Heuvel's self-help for men who have to help themselves had an interesting directed read session with Howard himself oh, he, okay, yesterday. Okay. So we've pre-recorded the spot. He gave some interesting in the moment um, direction. Uh-huh. But, you know, in the moment, he liked where we were. So uh, later on, you know, stick around, hear the full ad. And
0: Is it Richter um, van
1: Heuvel? No, it's it's Howard van Heuvel. <laughs> okay. Howard,
0: Howard van, van Heuvel. Heuvel.
1: Yeah. H-E-U-V-E-L.
0: Okay. Is he Dutch?
1: Yes. Okay. Dutch descent. I mean, he is full-blooded American, okay, but Dutch descent, yes. yep.
0: interesting.
1: So calls to action, seems like a more specific topic than a lot of the episodes.
0: I think we're gonna be doing that more often. We started pretty broad, with really broad strokes, and uh, now that we're 20 deep, (laughs) we're kinda running out of ideas here. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot that we can dig into on very specific topics, and so. Perhaps uh, there's a
1: metaphor for how we want to talk about calls to action, too. Because I think one of the things we want to do in talking about calls to action is work our way down the funnel. So, from a very top of funnel, broad sure. approach, like very broad episodes, mm-hmm. down to more specific content that is, uh, you know, and more specific calls to action that, based on where you are in the process, actually make more sense mm-hmm. to a also, smaller and smaller audience.
0: A tease to uh, some future episodes. I think mm-hmm. we're going to be doing some series keyword there being think think
1: uh no we've got some series lined up we're not gonna just uh we're not gonna just like do seven straight episodes of of one type of series just in case somebody's not interested in that but we'll rotate sprinkle them them in yeah um yeah so you know now's a great time to subscribe just to make sure that you're getting all those updates when we get new episodes
0: out so what do you mean by um funnel and how does that uh, how are we bring that concept to calls to action
1: well i think just like with the purpose of your content and kind of what you end up making depending on where you are in the funnel flywheel whatever you want to call it wherever you are in this kind of pre-customer or post-customer journey Mm -hmm. your specific intent gets different i was gonna say more specific but that was going to be a little redundant but you've also got the opportunity to speak to fewer and fewer people and customize what it is you want them to do. So we're gonna start with looking at marketing, right? Kind of the top part of the funnel, and work our way through marketing until we transition from marketing into sales, and then what salespeople can do with calls to action. Mm -hmm. Even on the same type of content that marketing might be sending out, it just has a different purpose at this point, right? So you want them to do something differently. And then of course, when somebody becomes a customer, you then want them to do things differently than before they were a or new things so you you want to tailor that ask to specifically what it is you want them to do because Mm -hmm. and if you if you go back to the manifesto you know specific purpose and action are are the three pieces that come to mind for me you've got to give somebody something to do and you've got to make it easy for them to do it Mm -hmm. and so changing up your call to action is a really good way to do that. Mm-hmm. Again, you could have the same piece of content, but if you're asking them to do something different, you're asking them to do what you need them to do at that time. If you're a marketer, you need them to self-educate or you need them to say, I'd like a demo. If you're a salesperson, you need them to share this mm-hmm. with their boss or you know, sign up for a free trial mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So,
0: That also makes me think of attainable too, right? Attainable in our in our manifesto applies to a lot of things, mm-hmm. but when it comes to a call to action, you want this to be something that your audience can take, they can do. Yeah, right. Like, I can't think of something.
1: Well, you may be outlandish. you may be talking to someone who isn't the final decision maker. Right. So they can't buy now. Right. Because they exactly. don't have the authority exactly, to yeah. sign a contract, but they could share certain videos with the person who can sign on, or you can, you know, do anything like that. So I think that's kind of what you were going for there. So let's start at the top of the funnel. Let's start with marketing. Actually before we do that, I think it's important um, to, or first important to talk about a little bit of the technology behind calls to action too, because I imagine a lot of our listeners right now are thinking same video, different calls to action. But the call to action is the thing I put under the logo at the end of the video when the editor is working on it. so
0: You're saying a lot of people are used uh, to these being baked into baked, a video. Baked into sure. a hard edit.
1: Sure. Which is certainly still an option. You would just want to make different versions with that different call yep. to action. But so many of the platforms that are available, the hosting platforms that are available to businesses now, allow you to put those calls to action in the player itself, mm-hmm. as opposed to as a part of the video mm-hmm. file, mm-hmm. so you could just end with that logo thing at the end, and then have it go to a, a lead capture form, some kind of turnstile, mm-hmm. a button to click to go to mm-hmm. a landing page, or you know, to sign up for a, a free demo or whatever. So you can customize those by player, which gives you a lot more flexibility right. than having to, you know.
0: So you're saying it's it's the same exact video asset, but there's a different wrapper on it when it's on this landing page that says download. And and just like I could change whether it
1: auto plays or whether the play button is pink or green or blue, I can change what and when that call to action happens. Right. So you know, we talked about at the beginning how typically there's those things at the end of your video, but this also gives you the flexibility to put things throughout your video too. So when we talk about calls to action, most of the time we're using platforms where the call to action is not baked into that edit. It's more a part of the player Mm -hmm. that it's actually being played in or embedded into. Yep. So that's how you get some of this flexibility. So back to marketing. I think marketing tends to have a couple primary goals when talking about the customer journey. Sure,
0: very common amongst any business. Right? Is that what you're saying? They yeah, share these goals. Yes,
1: and I think if I had to narrow it down to two, I think with and we've talked about this on previous episodes before, but we've talked about how um, prospect behavior has changed mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. and. 78% of prospects or whatever it is, you know, or, or prospects do 78% of the research before they're willing to say, I'd like to talk to sales. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was, you may not know anything and you were reached out to cold by a salesperson. Or
0: you had no choice but to go straight to a salesperson. There wasn't yeah. the technology yeah. or resources available to self-educate.
1: Right. And so now there's so much more self-educating that it's, mm-hmm. it's incumbent upon the marketing department to create content that allows those prospects to self-educate. So the first part is giving them the opportunities, giving your prospects, your potential customers, your pre-customers as some people like to call them, the opportunity to kind of self-select and go through and learn more through various pieces of content of what they need to know so that they can comfortably say, yeah, this is something
0: I really need to Mm -hmm. look into more. Try which is why content whatever. has become king. Yes. And and there's the new phrase, uh, context is king, meaning you know, what are, what are you what problem are you trying to solve and where are you and what, you know, where are you in the process? Where physically are you on your phone or whatever? But knowing those different parameters can actually help you make better content as well.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, if we're tying things back to the manifesto this episode, that you know, integrate Mm-hmm. Right? Our content doesn't live alone. It lives amongst other content, but it also you know, works with various platforms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you want to, one, you're probably, hopefully, as a marketer, creating enough content so that your prospects can self-educate. This is an opportunity to use a call to action to then direct people to the next thing you want them to watch, mm-hmm. consume mm-hmm. in that process. One of the things that's really interesting about this <clears throat> is you get to kind of test what you think you know about the buyer's journey also. How? If you think that they need to go from content piece A to content piece B to content piece C Mm -hmm. before they self-select as a marketing qualified So There are
0: three steps until we pass them to sales. And and,
1: and 90% of people or 85% of, of prospects consume piece A first, then piece B, then piece C. And then once they've watched all three of those, they say, you know what? I'm interested in a demo. If that's what you think based on your whatever data you have, Mm -hmm. this is a great way to direct people or do some A-B testing also. Direct people from A to B to C and either confirm that or A-B test it and allow people who've watched video A to jump straight to video C Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: maybe it's just video C that people need to Mm -hmm. see to say. Yes, I'm interested in this and you could get them to skip two steps of of content along the way So by setting up an A-B test with your call to action on video A Sending some people to video B and some people to video C You can measure click-through rates and and you know when people say do they need to watch three pieces or is it just that they need to watch that one Particular how do you
0: feel about? offering them a choice Instead of um, directing them to one thing, give them a choice between two.
1: I think if you can do that, that's a very smart thing to do. I think one, it's 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 easier to tell what people choose, mm-hmm. right? And it could be it could be the title, it could be the thumbnail you put in that preview. It could be all kinds of factors mm-hmm. that get people to select a certain thing, but and i was going to get to this a little bit later but you've also got if we go back to the law of diffusion of innovation you've got a whole lot of different personality types also so you've got your your early adopters mm-hmm. right who are very willing to take on risks mm-hmm. and don't need a whole lot of information they see one thing that interests them in and they something want to be new, first and they want to be first yeah and they want that recognition and yep. so they're willing to take that risk well you don't necessarily want to force them to go through three steps of content because mm-hmm. they may see something in the first thing that they're watching and say, this is awesome. I want to try How this How do app. I buy? How do I buy? <laughs> yeah. And so if you've got a call to action where you've got, watch the next video or schedule a demo, talk to, a sale. demo, yeah, talk exactly. to sales, yep. whatever, then those people who are more willing to make those decisions with less information can do exactly that. Mm-hmm. But the people who are maybe more early majority or, um, you know, less willing to take on risk Um, uh, need a little bit of social proof, then you can drive them to those next pieces of content. You could even give them, in fact, there's got to be a way to do this. I think it'd be really interesting uh, through cookies and and automation platforms and everything to be able to start to identify individual customers and Mm -hmm. prospects Mm -hmm. as certain types based on behaviors. And then at any given time when they end up on something, you can actually customize what the call to action is based on what you think they're going to do based on their prior behavior. Sure. I haven't seen anything like that, but I imagine there's That'd, a way to piece yeah. it together yeah, yeah. with yep. like Vidyard and Marketo and something well, else. Because then yeah, probably if, if, if somebody
0: chooses, well, I'm not gonna talk to sales, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna watch the next video, you now can put them into a, maybe not early adopter, but early majority yeah. into that and, and create an email list about that, that feeds them the appropriate amount of content that just continues to to educate them. And then you know that they're ready to buy it. But if somebody doesn't pick any of those, maybe they are like, this is too radical for me. And you put them in a late it's majority. Slow nurture, yeah, yeah, slow, slow drip.
1: And you send them A ton of testimonials and a ton of case studies and a ton of customer success stories, because they need all of that proof. And you know that, and you can bring that into lead scoring. Right? I mean, it's almost like this is advanced lead scoring Mm -hmm. that you could do. I I'm sure it's possible. Yeah. I haven't I haven't done it, but that's got to be possible, and that would be a tremendous amount of information to have about a prospect just based on their behaviors. Um, Especially
0: if you're if you're looking at the type of. If whatever you're selling, you're coming out with new products every year, you know, Mm -hmm. then you can just treat those people a specific way when it comes to those products. And instead of having to like wait for people, you just know that they're going to buy this way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So marketing,
1: a lot of self-education. So you want to be able to guide people through to the content they need to self-educate. Mm-hmm but you also have the opportunity through specific calls to action. If we haven't hammered this point home, it's whether you're giving them options or you're doing some A-B testing, the call to action would be something specific like read the white paper, Mm -hmm. Mm right? Watch the next video, Mm -hmm. view our video library, sign up for a demo talk to sales right yep. you can use those specific calls to action because and again getting back to the verbiage in in calls to action all of those basically have three or four words right and it's it's verb
0: mm-hmm.
1: noun basically like talk to, to sales right read this watch this mm-hmm. So you want to keep them very simple, but those are very specific. And there's not a whole lot of confusion. Like this is where I would stay away from, learn more. Mm-hmm. Because learn more is, well, am I going to go to like a content library yeah. and have a ton of options? Am I going to go to the next thing that you want me to watch? Am I going to go straight to a salesperson? And they're the person who's going to help me learn more, mm-hmm. right? So learn more is something that, that is that that seems specific but is actually too vague for full funnel video. If I'm in a basically. discovery
0: process and I see a video about a product that might solve my problem and then I end up at a content library, it's easily overwhelming. Yes. And it's very easy just to abandon that whole that whole product or or service altogether. Mm. Yeah. So some people want to be handheld i mean people need to be told what is the most important thing for them to do next
1: yeah before we move from (laughs) marketing to sales um we also need to point out that you need to consider your distribution channels the platforms that this stuff is going to go on
0: platforms or channels
1: both okay so there's a
0: difference sure just for
1: our viewers i know you know so say you've got one edit of a video Mm mm-hmm that you're going to use in your email, Mm -hmm. in a LinkedIn sponsored post, Mm -hmm. and on a landing page Mm -hmm. on your site somewhere. You're going to, as we've discussed, using the player itself to drive the call to action as Mm -hmm. opposed to kind of hard editing it into the video asset itself. right? you've got those channels which, which all have their own really nice ways of letting you put a call to action sure. on there. So you may have the same video and through email, depending on the list you're sending it to, you may want that call to action to be different than the LinkedIn call to action that you're putting because you want the LinkedIn call to action to be you know, going to the landing page. Well, I,
0: I feel like the, the email would just be a watch now. Because you can't
1: well, okay, well I'm 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 thinking more about the video that is in the email. I mean the thumbnail of course would just Point link you to a yeah. video, but yeah. then that's got to play somewhere. Yeah. So that video would have some kind of call to action, depending on where you're directing what, that link. What so that maybe that's maybe already the landing page, for right, example. Right. But then on LinkedIn you may want to actually be you know, you may want to say, Click the link, you know, visit the page that mm-hmm. kind of thing and that then takes you to the page and then once you're on the page you may have a form turnstile kind of lead capture mm-hmm. call to action there so that they can actually sign up for a demo or you know this webinar or yeah. whatever it is too so it may be the same video and you're using it to drive people to one or two different places but you want the promotional pieces of it to have a different call to action than you want the right. actual place where you're right. directing people in those promotional channels. So, yes, platforms and channels. Mhm. This is my short answer to that. Yep. And of course, we've discussed that a lot before when we talk about developing the strategy. You've got to look at your distribution <clears throat> and promotion strategies before you even make something. But certainly before you publish, you should be I mean, you should you should be able to hand off your your actual posting of content to an unpaid intern because you've mapped it out so well that you know that this video asset goes on this channel mm-hmm. with this call to action, mm-hmm. this text copy.
0: Yep.
1: Right. And it directs here right. to to this link, this page. Yep. And that could all be easily in a spreadsheet. It should and be laid out and that should that, all be laid out so just, that you can yeah. hand it off to your kid when they're on spring break or an unpaid intern or whatever mm-hmm. just to then go and do exactly what's laid out mm-hmm. there. You shouldn't be getting to the point where you're logged into LinkedIn starting the post and wondering, "Okay, where's, where's that, that landing page link that I want to or which landing post page should we to?
0: should we use?" Yeah. Yeah, th- those are all things that need to be laid out. That's what get like <laughs> when we present our roadmaps to clients we just don't get into it because I mean that, that it's that information a lot of people that information is there but yeah exactly it's a spreadsheet that has all like they don't need to know all the specific calls to action for LinkedIn and what that exact piece of content is it, we just generally need just to show them here's the yeah here's the and thing. it's more important for us to know that right
1: because as we're going through and making the almost infinite number of creative decisions we make along the way having that information, helps us make better creative decisions. Yeah. So, you know, we can bring that into our process of actually making the content. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of clients don't need to be overwhelmed with right. with that kind of stuff. So, we've used <clears throat> calls to action to get people to do something specific, mm-hmm. give them options to do certain things to understand more about their behavior, but also account for different types of decision making. Yeah. Uh, and different types of prospects. We've talked about how early adopters versus early majority you know, act differently. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the different types of calls to action that you can put out there. Uh, is there anything else that we need to cover in marketing where we've kind of gotten them from like unknown to now kind of a marketing qualified lead? Somebody who said, I'd like to be followed up with. About yeah, those. I mean,
0: a lot of what you've said in general about marketing calls to action, those rules apply down this funnel. Uh, it's just, you may be using different channels, different platforms, and have different asks, but in sale, but it, the, marketing is all about getting them to say, yes, I need to talk to somebody about potentially buying this product. Well, I think
1: that's the <clears throat> simplest way to start to decide what your possible calls to action should be, because if you're in marketing, again, you're trying to get somebody from unknown to known and interested, mm-hmm. right? Interested enough to say, I'm ready to be handed off to sales, Yeah. H- however explicit or implicit right. that is, because every company is different. But if that's your job, then what are the ways that you get people to go from not knowing about your brand or product or service to ready to talk to someone in person about the, and you know, over the phone, whatever, yeah. right? Ready to talk to an actual live person about this. And once you know what those basic steps are, then you're creating the content and then you're just using it. it's i've talked about it before almost like a game of plinko Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you you put the little puck thing in like it's a prospect, and that prospect dances around. It's not always linear. Right. I think that's why a lot of people have problems with the funnel idea is yeah. because it feels like it's so linear. But it's really a Plinko game that has all of these stops where somebody bounces around laterally, and then they'll drop down two levels. and Sometimes then they'll, they'll go over. back up. Sometimes they go back up, right? <coughs> so people move around in this marketing piece of the funnel. You need to do your best with your content and yes your calls to action to get them to take the right path for them. Sometimes it's being able to draw a straight line and go straight through from the top of the funnel to that middle of the funnel. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's about winding them through the right way so that they do get to the point where they're like, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to talk to someone else. So and, and, and again, as we've stated, this is a way to not only set up so that people can move through that as easily as possible, but also test your assumptions and make sure that your assumptions are, in fact, right mm-hmm. by giving them different options.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, look, before we jump into sales, uh, I believe we are right about on time for our sponsor uh, <clears throat> ad. Cut. Uh, okay. <clears> okay. <throat> okay. So this was this a pre-recorded from, okay. piece. This was a directed session that I did with, yeah. with Howard yesterday. Um, did he come into the office? I didn't... we did it over Skype. Okay. Uh, he got a little... Um, he's a very passionate man. Sure. Um, with nothing left to lose. And um, hmm. it's not the direction I would have gone with it, but he liked it, and so we're going to go ahead and play a it. man here. with
0: nothing left to lose who's helping people with self...
1: Maybe that's exactly what you want in your maybe self-help that, Maybe guru, that is. Right? Yeah. It's not about him. He's just given up.
0: I don't want to judge too much, <laughs> okay, right? Okay, this okay, is sure, a sponsor. Sure, sure, I don't want to sure, speak negatively about one of So this will be my first time hearing this too, yeah. so I yes. wasn't there. No,
1: no. All right. Well, let's go ahead and play this thing. Okay. Howard Van Hoivel's Self-Help for Men Who Have to Help Themselves. Sign up today for Howard Van Hoivel's self-help course designed specifically for men who are a little down on their luck. Recently or since birth. We all have our down times. Maybe you just recently found out your wife has a secret life with a family she never told you about. Or your parents kicked you out of your room on your 38th birthday. Or maybe Sheila Rogersmith never picked you for kickball team in the fourth grade even though you loved her and had made grand gesture after grand gesture just to get her attention, but she never paid attention. If you're a man who's down on his luck, Howard Van Hoyville's self-help for men who have to help themselves is for you. Just send $40 cash or money order Uh, along with a self-addressed stamped envelope to Howard Van Hoivel, 1600 Bachelor Arms Way, Unit 34, Springfield. You don't need your parents, your soon-to-be ex-wife, or your kids, those ungrateful little fucks. All you need is you. Howard Van Hoivel, self-help for men who have to help themselves. This has to work. So, uh, 16 takes yesterday. And uh, we ended up in some strange places. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt
0: like a pretty like even keeled read though. Oh, well,
1: this was the last well I think that's why you bring in a professional like me mm is because I, I you can kind of tell from some of the words. He was very like drawing on his own Personal he, yeah, he was it was and I got to tell you this is about three times longer than the original script But he insisted he just wanted to make these he's like can I get some all uh, reads and I was like sure And then it was kind of a call-and-response thing, but I, you know I had to be professional. Yeah, as a podcast host because this is a sponsor spot and so i had to level it out if i if i used his amount of crying uh it just wouldn't be believable i Mm -hmm. don't think so it was um i haven't heard from him today i've texted him several times i hope he's okay he was kind of in a dark place yesterday
0: now his calls to action he had several in there which that's true you i don't know if he knew that this is part of a calls to action Show all over the place. All over the place. He said sign up. Mm-hmm. He said send money. Yeah, uh, cash or money order. And write it. Write a letter like an envelope. There's a lot of stuff. I don't. Yeah, I feel. I kind of feel bad for him. What do, does he have an autobiography or anything? Like, what's his story? Uh, he, this is pretty much his whole story. He is a nobody. Oh, that was his story. I, that, like it, the it kickball felt, thing, it, his wife. felt very personal.
1: Yeah. It, it felt like, I mean, Sheila Rogers-Smith. I mean, that that's not a name you make up. That's yeah. That's someone from your past.
0: Now, do you think that his wife got pregnant from another man while he was married to her? And Pro- he didn't know? Probably. He just didn't know? there's only she started a family outside
1: (laughs) yeah wow i mean there's only so much look if that whole demeanor of his, the you know, the woe is me and the mm-hmm. world is against me. It's just, yeah. you know, he, he's he's a very angry, unattractive man.
0: Yeah. So, People are sick of that. Yeah.
1: I, in fact, I'm not even sure how he got married in the first place. He may not even be married. It may just be that he found someone with another family and he decided that in his mind he was going to be married to her. And hmm. that's where her hmm. secret family came from. I, this guy, again, the check cleared. Mm-hmm. You know and and I was uh, he was very insistent on what he wanted in the final edit of that spot, and my my heart goes out to him, and I, I hope he's okay. Howard, if you're listening, please return my text. I'm worried about you. We're here for you. You don't have to just help yourself. We can help you help yourself with video. yes, with very specific calls to action because you need work in <laughs> you need that, help with in, that in that. okay, so we've successfully, however, unorganized Italy. Um, gotten through marketing mm-hmm. and how to use call how to potentially use calls to action in marketing why don't you talk a little bit about then the next part of this process which is generally when somebody's through marketing they're handed off to sales mm-hmm. so how might we use calls to action in sales
0: well in, in the end this is still part of like it or not there's still that, that funnel you need to help people go from I think this could help, I need to have conversations with you to see what sort of integration process or what's your onboarding process or you know, just some general questions, right? That's why people interact with salespeople. Cause they they can't get all that stuff from videos or other tutorials or content. But that funnel process you're continually trying to figure out, is this right for the customer or is it not? And they kind of weed out throughout that process.
1: And that's an important part of the process too. You don't want to as a salesperson, you don't want to keep people in that process longer than if it's not right, they need to be. Because yeah. if it's not right for them, as a salesperson, utilize your time on people who it is right
0: for Right. I, I think it's also worth mentioning the content that was created or, or originally used in the marketing process can still be used in the sales process, but it's important to remember that your call to action might be different or ought ought to be different. Mm -hmm. If you're using the same call to action and the same video that marketing did, maybe they shouldn't be in the sales (laughs) process yet.
1: I think that's probably something that happens a lot of times in marketing and sales organizations is that people get handed over both too early and too late. Mm-hmm. Especially, oh, yeah. especially marketing departments that are Have quotas Solely judged on like MQL quotas yeah. It's just so easy to, to, to say Oh yeah, this guy's ready yeah. You can manufacture a reason To get it out of your bucket and into a sales bucket And that's bucket.
0: why there's a marketing qualified lead And a sales qualified lead
1: Yes, the ta- fact ta- that- talk, talk a little bit about the difference between the two For, for anyone listening who doesn't know the difference uh, between the two
0: Marketing can, can essentially set what they will, uh, what a marketing qualified lead is. So that might be, they've watched these three videos and they've signed up for a webinar. Boom, they have 10 prospect points, send them over to sales. That's not always a, the most efficient way to do it.
1: <clears throat> they may not have any money. Right, yeah. Then they, they may be totally interested in something, mm-hmm. but they may not be able to right. afford what you're selling. Yep. It's kind of the simplest way that I think of it. Sales qualified lead would then actually confirm that that money is available. There's right? a lot that of different to acronyms, whatever
0: but in sales, you know, BANT I think is one of the most uh, accessible ones. Do they have a budget? Do they have the authority to make a decision? Do they have, what it, do they have a need that I can satisfy? And is there a time constraint that we need to um, to execute this within? So in the sales process, if you're using video, and you really ought to be. You're essentially when it comes to calls to action, you're trying to get them to make little commitments along the way. Um, it, it's not. It's not like the the. Uh, <laughs> I just bought a car recently, and they don't do this anymore. But they used to like, all right, if I can get us in this range, would you? Would <laughs> you have the conversation? Okay, sign, sign here, sign that. Like, it's not a fucking contract. Like, I don't. I'm not gonna do all these bullshit little yeah. commitments, but it's things like. All right, um, well, I'm gonna send you this video. If it, if it speaks to you, what I want you to do is set up a meeting with you and your um, procurement team so that we can finalize some of the details. The dreaded procurement team. Yeah, or, or, um, or I want you to bring in the other people involved in this process. Um, or commitments could be, I, I want you to, to watch this video and it, if you like what you see, let's set up a full-on demo and I'll bring in my sales engineer and we'll do this thing uh, for the next hour or whatever it is. Well, and
1: and in my kind of old school sales experience, little commitments even goes to just the conversation that you're having. Like even if it's just one demo or pitch conversation Mm -hmm. you're having, it's getting them to agree that certain parts may benefit them, Mm -hmm. right? Is this something that's interesting to you? Is this something you could see yourself using? Is this something that would help you? And so getting those yeses along the way, are also getting them kind of you know the idea is that it's closer to getting them to the big yes mm-hmm. because they they've you know you're you are kind of almost like you're letting them self-educate you're letting them convince themselves sure that they're getting to something too and and that's i mean that's the old school way of doing it but now with multiple conversations and consensus building sales and all that stuff it it's about getting yes from all kinds of different people
0: whenever you can mm-hmm. i think in some ways it, it's helpful for the salesperson to put, and this isn't a sales lesson. This is maybe not what we're supposed to be doing, but it, it's great if you can put the objection in front of them before yeah. they can. Oh yeah, and 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 again, get them out of the sales funnel if they don't if they don't belong there. Yeah, or get them to say no, 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 no. I have
1: I have enough money, or I'll find the money. Well, and and the the challenge is the really interesting way to do that. I mean, the the objection that that I. I have pictures of myself getting up during a, a pitch meeting too, in the middle, and just leaving the room. Like you don't get it. This is not like you know right. Don Draper style. Sure. I fantasize about that less and <laughs> less as, as we as we go on in this business. But you know the other one too is is um, I'm concerned about an organization of your size's ability to pay for what mm-hmm. we do mm-hmm. or to afford what we do. Mm-hmm. That is a very confident, very baller way to say. Our services are at a premium and from what I'm hearing, I I'm not sure you guys deserve us mm-hmm. right and can afford us, right? Yeah. And and that kind of I mean, for someone who's who's being cagey about budget, if they've got the budget, that's mostly only gonna be met with a oh, oh we can we can afford you. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it changes from it changes the dynamic from they're there with all of the power. Mm-hmm. Right in in saying I've got this money and I get to decide who it goes to mm-hmm. what the right solution is for this, and all of a sudden you're saying I'm not sure you guys are right for yeah. us as the salesperson. Yep. And when you can challenge I, that was one of the tactics I learned early on in sales too was we were selling payroll and so you get like to that gatekeeper because we were doing like cold walk in kind of stuff mm-hmm. or on the phone whatever. And, and we got paid basically by how many employees a company had. So that was huge information for mm-hmm. us. How many people are they paying? Because that's how much it's going to cost, and that's what my commission is based on. So I need to know how good of an opportunity is this. And I'd get to the gatekeeper and if I was shut down by the gatekeeper, I would kind of do the Columbo, like the walking out and I' uh, like, the, oh wait thing. one more thing. Hey, you guys have 16 employees, right? Uh, no, we have 34. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. My, I'll update my information and you just made up the 16, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking at a dentist's office and you're like, okay, there's like 12 offices. They're probably however many dental hygienists and whatever. Mm-hmm. And you throw a number out there and then people are just so quick to correct. And all of a sudden you have more information. But again, this isn't a sales <laughs> lesson, um, but that, that kind of like, you know, challenging <clears throat> assumption kind of way, people are so quick to just kind of naturally defend and, and correct uh, that that's a great way to put, yep. get those objections out early. And get some kind of confirmation or or rejection of those yep. objections.
0: I'm really excited to to move on to customer success, but just to kind of wrap up the sales, um, a lot of a lot of sales content is one off videos. It's it's certainly very much a one to to one video. Yeah. I'm not intending for my video to be seen th- in this instance to be seen by forty thousand people. It's not about view counts here. I want this to make an impact and to, to see if they're the right fit. Still, a lot of times these call—I don't have the right—I don't have the right call to action for you to put into this video. It's very based on this situation in which you're dealing with as a salesperson. So they're going to be completely different and unique to each situation. Mm-hmm. But just remember—you know—sometimes you can use a micro demo in the sales process, oh, something that's already been created and you use at scale. But for this particular viewer, you have a very specific next step for them.
1: Because this micro demo is of one <clears> of the <throat> feature sets in your whole suite of software or whatever. And so of course it's there for the self-educating people in marketing, right? And and maybe their call to action there is, you know, watch the piece on our next module or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you as a salesperson, if you've had a conversation with them and you've identified that that's a piece, that's a feature that they're really going to use, that's something that you get to then send them as that Mm one-off. And it doesn't even have to be in the player. It could be in the email that you embed that in and just say, forward this email to you know, so-and-so-and-so-and-so, mm-hmm. and let's schedule a time to talk about what you all seen in this yep. or whatever, right? And that is going to be, that may be the only time you ever send that call to action yep. to someone because you know that those are the specific parameters around that conversation you're having That's with That's the next
0: step in this sale happens yes. to be.
1: Yeah. I think another way that that you could also use it in sales, and you, you do this with some of our clients too, is walking through a proposal or a contract, mm-hmm. whether it be a follow-up, or, uh, you know, there there's a there was a proposal an accepted proposal, and then you've got to do you know put the contract together. Mm-hmm. And so you have this meeting, virtual or in person, and they say, "All right, send us a contract." Yep. There's still quite a bit in that contract, and and you know you can attach it as a PDF, but you also have the opportunity to
0: walk through certain terms, or draw attention to uh, a particular something that might cause a question or a delay or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, whenever I send a contract, even a proposal, I'll walk them through that and, and go through some of the finer and details. And like with a
1: screen share, even right?
0: Yeah, screen share. Yeah. I've got my little video down in the corner, and then I'm showing them the contract. I'll refer to other projects that we've done and and put those as links in the in the in the emails in case they want to review that um, that case study or whatever it is. And it's very interesting to see how people navigate that. And you learn a lot about that particular uh, prospect and whether they're ready to buy or not.
1: Yeah. And, and in that case, I think you get to put the most attractive call to action in that video because, well, I think probably the most attractive call to action for either CEOs or CROs, because if you showed a CEO or, or a chief revenue officer, like a list of potential calls to action, like you know. Watch the next video. Sign up for a demo. Like, and if you put "sign here" mm-hmm. uh, or "sign the contract here," they'd probably be like, "I want more of that call to action used because that's the one that actually closes the deal." Sure. Right? Um, and so you get to do that, and, and uh, yeah, and then it goes to you know Proposify or Adobe Sign or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and that's literally a signature page next. Okay. Anything else on sales before we move on to customer s success support whatever no okay so we've made the sale mm-hmm. we've, they're now they've gone from a prospect to
0: a customer or a non-customer to a customer what now well typically there's i mean there's a couple steps in the the i, I don't know if it's steps but you you understand there's like a linear progression so as soon as someone is a customer let's say you're a software uh company there's an onboarding process the just big picture there's typically onboarding process then there's the getting them to utilize all the features and even buy more Mm -hmm. of those features and then beyond that you're managing churn yeah
1: you're making sure that they're using it enough so that they renew or add more or whatever Yep. yep
0: so starting with onboarding onboarding videos are a great tool it's it's uh it can be like viewed by that client at any point they can watch it six times that what can suck is for for a customer success agent to be on a call and then once they get through that like onboarding segment now the the customer has nothing left they don't they don't have any like asset to watch or do Mm -hmm. or or review if they wanted to like go show their boss how to set something up. And
1: this happens a lot, unfortunately, too, is that onboarding people are so familiar with the platform that they just blow through. Yeah. And these are people who never used the platform before, and right. they are so overwhelmed and so lost, and and a lot of people just aren't comfortable saying, can you go over that again? For whatever, because they're like, I'll figure it out on my own.
0: Like, I only have 30 minutes left, we gotta get to implementation here.
1: Yeah, my, yeah, my job is to get us through these segments on this first onboarding call. right regardless of how much you are yeah you know absorbing
0: so an onboarding calls to action might be just simply watch the next video or rewatch this video or, or try this at, feature or reach out and ask a question try this feature yeah it just depends on where they are in that onboarding process
1: yeah i i mean i, I if i were if i were starting from scratch on an onboarding process i would have that live onboarding and then i would f- immediately follow that up with a one-on-one personalized video from that rep saying you know, here's what we went over today. I know it was a lot. I've attached some some videos here. Watch these, and then at the, each of those, you know, speci- individual videos, I'd I'd put that call to action of like now you enter your own contract. Yep. Now yep. you do it, right? Yep. And so Practice you get round. through how to do it, and then. You know, you're in the system, and you do it, and you can watch them side by side. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of a tutorial. You do it at your own pace. But as an onboarding rep, you actually would get the information of, have they viewed those follow-up videos? Have they rewatched certain portions, Mm -hmm. right? So that you know going into the one-week follow-up, where you're going to go over the second part of this three-step process, whether they've actually spent any time Mm -hmm. in it. So you can track that too, and and so being able to give them that like I think the most attractive to me call to action is is that like now you try mm-hmm. however you want to say that you know enter you know let fill out your profile, upload your first document whatever it
0: is. Yep. As a as a customer success support agent, uh, one of your your incentivized your you get better bonuses whatever I don't <laughs> can't put the words together, but. A lot of your performance is based on nps there it is right um you need to get that client to be excited about your product and the
1: one of the best nine or ten excited not seven or eight excited
0: one of the best ways to get them excited is shortening that time to value so how long does it take from the day that they sign the contract to the day that they're seeing a return on their investment if you're if you're usually at a month and you can cut this down to three weeks that's twenty five percent savings. That's a that's a huge bonus to to your clients, to your company, to your net promoter score, to your bank account, your yeah. che- your checking account. Yeah. So using video very effectively can be an excellent, uh, well, an excellent way to cut down on the time to value.
1: Yeah. What about um, managing churn? So top level managing churn. I mean, churn is basically the number of people who. Stop using. Right. Right? Don't renew. Yep. Whatever it is. You're naturally going to lose some people Mm -hmm. over the term of whatever your agreement is. But your job is to make that as few people as possible. First off, make it as few people as possible.
0: Yeah, retain as many accounts as you can. Retain
1: as many. And then the next level is then grow those accounts. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the retention part. How can you use video throughout that process with specific CTAs to keep people excited about Yeah your product that they're paying you for
0: i would so a lot of software companies have usage statistics so if you're using our software i can see that you haven't logged in for four months i'd be concerned about that uh if that were the case i might send a quick video to that client to re-engage them but it could be something about hey there's a new feature that i think you guys might really like
1: that could work for either
0: yeah it definitely you know uh,
1: retention or growth yeah Especially, especially, you know, with so many tech companies having, you know, new versions, right? Even mm-hmm. even from version 2.4 to 2.5 could be a whole lot of stuff that is different. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure that, that your customers, especially the ones who haven't been using it, are aware of those things. Because maybe the reason that they stopped using it was because of one of those bugs that got fixed yeah. or something like
0: Managing that. Managing churn is all about maintaining the relationship. Uh, and of course, video can be a great is one of the most engaging ways to do that. So at the end of those videos or somewhere in the middle, wherever these these are placed, uh, these calls to action, uh, essentially you want to get them to engage with your product in a favorable way. So whatever that may
1: be. So what might be some of those calls to action that you would put in some of that content? I think we already said like try this feature.
0: Mm-hmm. you know maybe it's not just about, they're not using the software. Maybe they did have an issue, and engineering has now fixed it. Then my call to action to them would be, let's log, You know, let's set up a time to walk through this. You know, we updated this feature. Um, I'm going to show you the new process that's involved. So it, it could be anything that that is ultimately focused on maintaining that account. Schedule a call.
1: So like if call. you're the account manager, that could be a one-on-one, personalized kind of thing. Whether it's just a one on one, like go video type thing, or whether you're sending them other content, it could be, you know, get on my calendar. Yep. And, you know, can't wait to walk you through this. These are great. I know, you know, based you on some, some of the issues you had before, this totally solves those. Let's hop on a call and yeah. then boom, schedule a call yeah. and it goes to a Calendly page or whatever. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then what about growing accounts? I think, I think very similarly, you could actually grow accounts. Yes. In in much the same way, it's just instead of getting somebody to come back, you're getting them to try out a new paid feature, or right? An upgraded paid feature, yep. or maybe there's some kind of promotion that you're running for existing customers to upgrade for 50 percent off yep. or whatever. Upgrade now. Yep. Um, is so a call to action that would totally, you know, that just makes it easy. Yeah. Right. Hey,
0: get the pro Justin.
1: I know um, when uh, last time we talked. You are excited to hear about this feature on our roadmap. It's just been released, and we're actually offering a promotion right now: fifty percent off for existing customers who upgrade to that level. Yep. Wanted to make sure you had this first, and then upgrade now is is the CTA. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just. I mean, the whole discussion here is about how easy can you make it mm-hmm. for your prospects or customers to do whatever it is you need them to do. What do you that want them to do? It's pretty
0: simple. What do you want them to do? That's your call to action, and then you work backwards. And the content itself is about making sure they have the belief that you can solve that problem. Yep. Whether that's in marketing, sales, or customer success. Yep. Belief precedes action. And the only way they're going to do what you want them to do is if they believe you can do it for them. And
1: And that it's something that they can easily do. Yeah. That's why you're not asking them first off to buy now. Right. Because you don't even know if this person can buy. Right. You're asking them to take those little steps that you know that you can, that they know that you can deliver on and you know that they can take. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what calls to action boils down to.
0: Mm-hmm. There's nothing complicated about it. No. It'd you just, you just, just some have of to think te- about it. The technology can be, I understand that. Sure. But,
1: but how many of these episodes have we talked about? You know, it, it's just, and I know this is what we live and breathe every day. So it's a little different for us, but it's just about taking that, like, half a step back and just forgetting about what you th- what you think you're supposed to do with something and just think about, well, what would I do here if I didn't have any constraints? Mm-hmm. Like, forget about the platform that you've got. Like, what would I want them to do after this? Well, I'd want them to watch the next video in this series. Okay. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The first part of that statement, watch the next video, is your call to action. Yep. And And so, you know, just... In any of these topics that we discuss, people get so like deep so fast that they get overwhelmed, and they're like, "What should I be doing?" And really, all they need to do is like take a breath, take a step back, and be like, "What do I want someone to do?" Great, there's my call to action. And
0: the other s- the other side of that is enabling them to do that as simply as possible. Yeah. Whether that's in the video player, whether that's in a link in the first comment of a social post, whether that's um, putting a link in the email, whatever it is, make it accessible for them.
1: All right, so that's actually a pretty good summation, I feel mm-hmm. like, um, of calls to action. Uh, we'd love to hear any questions or thoughts that you have, uh, our listeners, about calls to action. A uh, great way to do it is to, you know, give us a five-star rating and put that question in the, in your actual review. Um, but that's just us begging for ratings. Um, I don't, like, judge myself based on how many ratings our podcast has, but, you know, maybe Justin does. Um so, that's our calls to action episode. Um, subscribe, all that stuff. And um, <laughs> we'll uh, talk to you next time. Thanks for on listening. the love boat of video stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Your co-captain signing off.
0: Toot <laughs> toot.
1: That's, that's a train. Or that's like a steamboat. Yeah. Okay. So the love boat is a steamboat? I don't
0: think so it's romantic. pretty romantic yeah we also have no passengers so it can't be that big a boat that would just be a waste we could of be money. in a fucking canoe right now we could be with a crew we've
1: got a crew there's two captains and a crew of two in a canoe <laughs> but there's
0: no room for anybody else
1: called the video love boat maybe we have the wrong boat maybe ah. that's the
0: problem oh we are getting a new office we are is, that, is this a metaphor it is I, okay yep we're getting a that's bigger is. boat got it two two